Hey, Annie. Hi, Alex. Welcome Hi. back. Thank you. I'm so excited <laughs> to see you. Listeners, followers, groupies, we are starting season two, and this season is all about quick and dirty cheap, our favorite. Yes, and just a little tease about what to expect. We're gonna have Sandra with Happy Housekeepers, and Alex, she makes all of her own cleaning products. So I'm excited about that one because I actually like to use the all natural products myself. Actually, I'm excited about another one that I call Everything Old is New Again. And with that, we're gonna discuss some of the elements that are coming back in style, such as the medallions in the ceiling. I love the fact that inside wood-burning stoves are making a comeback. Root cellars, a lot of the things that uh, used to be in style are coming back. And after that, Alex, I think we may be following you for putting your house on the market. Yes, I am acting like a normal seller and I am just looking for any excuse not to put it up and just being a weird, complete weirdo about it. Everyone's like, why haven't you listed it yet? I have the photos taken and uh, it just makes me nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Are you one of those you're, try you're starting to rethink if you want to sell or not? I am a little bit. Um, as every, well, if you don't know, listeners, we're still in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic and it's had quite a big impact on everything. So um, I'm trying to decide whether or not I'm going to sell. I was gung-ho on doing it and now I'm just rethinking it and being nervous. Considering reselling, does that mean that you have repainted? Hell and yeah. Touch up? <laughs> um, the number one thing I tell every seller, repaint your baseboards. That drives me nuts, but I love to repaint. I love to paint the front door and the back door, which I've already done on my house. It just has such a big impact on the house and it's such a cheap and easy way to make a huge impact like makeup. <laughs> well, Alex, that is our guest for this episode with James Martin. James is an authority on architectural color. So I'm really excited. I am too. Should we bring James on? Please. Hello, James. Hi, how are you? Looks like you have a sunny backdrop there. Where are you calling us from? We're calling you from Ajijic, Mexico, uh, just south of Guadalajara, in the state of Jalisco. Oh, wow. Here in Kentucky, it's a little rainy and wet. It's springtime, so uh, I like your backdrop a little bit better. <laughs> James is sitting on a covered patio porch, and it looks like there is brick in the ceiling of his patio covering. It's a special thing down here. It's called the Boveda ceiling, and it's an arched ceiling that the craftsmen make without forms. They just make these arched brick, and they're just fabulous and along the edge of it is lit so it lights up so you said craftsman that's that is genuine craftsmanship <laughs> well james we want to talk about color i know that you are like a renowned expert on color i do believe you even co-authored a book with benjamin moore paints on color mm -hmm. you turned a passion into a business it sounds like to me yeah, you know, much like yourself. Really, I was renovating houses and uh, Victorian houses 40 years ago, and I decided to do the color thing because it was less dirty. <laughs> <laughs> it's not quite as labor intensive, is it? Uh, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
I always have said it's, it beats working, you know? <laughs> well, I think you're the first person to do that on a national level. I am, yeah. I always say I should have uh, trademarked the name Color Consultant. <laughs> <laughs> the question we're going to have to ask you mm -hmm. is, what is your favorite color, James? Oh, see, now, Alex, we should have had Alex's child here to ask that question. Because <laughs> kids always ask that question, you know. My grandkids used to. And, and I always say, I can't afford to have a, I can't afford to have a favorite color. Because I work for you, you know. And I don't want my prejudices to fall into you. If you're nuts about a particular color, my job is to make that work. Not to say, no, 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 you really need my favorite color. I've never allowed myself to have a favorite color. Well, that brings me also, James, to the question of, as Alex and I both know, certain colors will become really, really popular. Mm -hmm. uh, what's your theory on that? What makes things, you know, all of a sudden the hot color? Well, I spent years in a group called Color Marketing Group, which, which is the international group that forecast color trends. We would spend an awful lot of energy saying, okay, this sort of keyed this interest, this kind of keyed this interest. This is a driver here. What hasn't been popular for a long time becomes popular again. A friend of mine had mentioned that you have a theory on the emotion of color. People always, there's all these people talking about the psychology of color, you know, and, and the funny thing is we all know there's emotion to color. We all know we react to color. But the truth of the matter is there's hardly any real research been done. Everybody remembers that, that jail, you know, they painted pink, you know, and it's supposed to have calmed all the prisoners down. Everyone, aha. And, and, and the truth of the matter is about eight years later, they went in and repainted it all white and the same thing happened. So maybe it was just a nice clean jail was the difference. <laughs> you believe that theory that bright colors can subconsciously annoy people and that's why fast food restaurants use them <laughs> you know i suppose there's some truth to that that but there's no there's no real study and part of the reason for that is is color is completely relative it changes in relationship to the light it changes with the machine scale what's next to it i mean that's what i loved about color is you it never behaves I love that too. And I love that it's so subjective because you can't, you can't really tell somebody they're wrong. Oh yeah, oh, exactly. <laughs> yeah. True. There, there are times where I'll be painting a room and it's like yeah. the color that was on the wall and then I'm putting another color, you know, I'm painting it another color. Uh -huh. Somebody will come and they're like, oh my God. And I'm like, don't look at it. You can't tell. You know, there's no way until I have this wall completely painted and that Absolutely. other color is making it scream. <laughs> yeah, yeah because it's relative to the color that's next to it. The key to room color is the trim color, really. You know, the two have to work together and they modulate each other. Alex and I are both real similar in that our trim color of choice is white. But a lot of our houses are also old Victorians that have that natural hardwood trim and never, you know, we never paint that. That's like a rule for me. I'm like, don't paint it if it's there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, once it's painted, it's painted for, you know, it'd be too... Unless you have to strip it. <laughs> I was going to say that would be too difficult to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I went through my stripping uh, trim stripping paint trim. for a while. <laughs> no, my stripping trim paint. <laughs> <laughs> and the great thing about paint is it is so inexpensive. 
relatively speaking, to their options for uh, house re renovations. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. Well, I also wanted to get your opinion on white. I don't know if you can see behind me, my kitchen is a white kitchen mm -hmm. with, I have red accent, red is my pop color. What is your take on that? <laughs> my, my company was called The Color People and, and we used to make people take the color people pledge, which is, <laughs> I will never use white again. <laughs> no way! Oh, no! Number one, I mean, if you use a warm white, it's not so bad, but whites tend to be really cold and barren. They also kill art. What happens is it becomes like a figured ground thing. It becomes this little postage stamp on the wall. It's all white, and then here's this painter, where if there's color around it, the colors of the painting all come out. The painting gets larger and it comes to life. M museums have yet to, especially modern museums, have yet to discover that. Okay, after a quick break, we'll come back and we're gonna go inside. We had a submission on Arvidi, uh, a gentleman in Phoenix, and he had sort of a dilemma. He wanted the Vixens to give him some suggestions. And I love it that now this includes color, James. So when we come back, we're gonna get your take on it also. Do you have a color question or home repair issue and would like the Vixen's advice? You can do what Jim Kent of Phoenix, Arizona did. He registered on Arvidi and befriended the Fixin' Vixens. He then uploaded a couple of videos of his home issue. Take a listen. Leaving the kitchen, you will see where I'm going with all this. This is the culprit that I need to redo. Definitely 70s style. Love it because it's big, but it needs to be updated. Not only did Annie and Alex offer lots of video suggestions to Jim directly, they also invited him on the show. Are you a homeowner needing outside advice on a home issue? Simply download the app. It's Arvidi, R-V-I-D-I. Register, then go to My Friends, Add Friends, and find Annie and Alex Fixin' Vixens. Once you send a friend request, they'll follow back and send you a personal video. Or, if you prefer... Email us at a2 at fixandvixens.com. That's the letter A, numeral two, at fixandvixens.com. And now let's get Jim from Phoenix on the line with his big fireplace issue. Hey, Jim. Hi, Hi Jim. We were just trying to describe your massive fireplace. It is uh, very massive. I loved it. I loved it because I grew up in California and it was like the style of the 70s and in, in, in the San Fernando <laughs> Valley. So I walked in and I went, I'm home. This is home. It was totally, <laughs> I, I loved about the house. And we bought the house 25 years ago. So we've lived with it for 25 years. It, it, it is very uh, Brady Bunch reminiscent, I think. Oh, very. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely Brady Bunch. So Jim's fireplace is what, about 16 feet wide, would you say? I would say the hearth itself is about 16 feet wide. You know, the box is probably two and a half feet, probably three feet is the box itself and then with the sides on it. So yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty good. So it's a good four or five feet across as the pop, as the pop out and then it's got those rocks on the sides too. And so the whole thing is covered in like a rock wall and they're big rocks. Right. And there is a tile concrete on the flat part of the base of the fireplace. Yeah, it's kind of the same materials, like a flagstone, sandstone, hmm. fake stone <laughs> type thing that's all across the bottom there. So, um, And then you have two doorways on the sides. 
Yeah, so the, the one on the right side is goes to a hallway down to the bedrooms of uh, the two smaller bedrooms. And the, there's double doors on the left side of the fireplace, which goes to the master bedroom. You had a lot going on because the different vantage points from that room, it's so open. You can see so many elements, so many colors, so many things going on. And a lot of them are kind of like geometric as far as round stones, squares, rectangles, things like that. So Jim, what would you like to change with it? So um, overall that room is fairly dark just because of the color choices we picked. We have a dark plum uh, wine colored wall on the opposite side of it. And then that brown sucks up a lot of light. And there's, you know, the two windows are north and south facing. So I think what ends up happening is because it's sunken, and it just seems like it just it sucks up a lot of the light in that room. And I would like to brighten it up. And I've done some research and I've seen some people whitewash it, which is kind of cool because it still leaves the dynamic of the, of the shapes of the stones and the shadows mm -hmm. and everything that it's created by it. Because again, it's, it's so three-dimensional. You know, I think that's the thing that's kind of cool about it. So I think by maybe whitewashing it, making it more brighter, but still having the depth of the, the rock and stuff mm -hmm. be kind of cool. I don't know if if you checked on the paint product that I was telling you about called Loxon for stone. I have not looked at it yet. I do whitewash myself. Of course, every time my mom comes over, she asks me when I'm going to finish painting that. <laughs> um, <laughs> she does not like the whitewash. She thinks uh. it belongs on fences only. <laughs> but uh, one of the things that I did was I just took a primer and I just lightly did it with a primer, mm -hmm. and that was my whitewash. Okay. And then that way you can decide if you like the whitewash, then you can leave it. If not, you can give it another coat and then, and then do your paint. Yes, painting the rock is going to be scary. <laughs> just just going to be scary. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be scared. It's actually not <laughs> as bad as it seems. And they make a special roller to paint rock. And it has a, it's a really thick roller that mm -hmm. has a lot of depth to it. So it can get in those crevices. And it makes it a thousand times easier. So if you do paint the brick or the stone, definitely get that special roller to do so. So that was my question. Do I paint or do I spray it? Because I, could... I think you should rip it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it probably should. I mean, all of that. I think that the flooring needs to go and yeah. I rip out the stone there. I like the size of the fireplace. My mm -hmm. suggestion was to do an accent tile above, go vertically along the hearth from floor to ceiling and then do a white stone tile at mm -hmm. the base of the fireplace with uh, either a granite or I like the cement that you did in the kitchen, the cement mm -hmm. countertops. You could do those again on the edges and then you would have two open spaces on both sides that I was saying you could either do another tile that, uh, you know, would complement your accent tile on the hearth and, you know, be toned down with the white below. And then I would do, so you could either do a, an accent tile as well on those that would be more calm, less pattern, or you could just paint them and add wall sconces or artwork or whatever. Um, but I do think that the floor tile needs to go. <laughs> it's those grout lines are like as wide as my thumb. Oh, I know. <laughs> You could use them as a driving, you could drive your car down. Or yeah, my son cars in this. And see, one of the things I'm thinking about doing is selling the house. So that's one of the things I'm trying to do is prep it for that. And since I've had mm -hmm. 
for some reason, a lot amount of time to do this. <laughs> I, uh, just, I thought it would be a good time to do it. So I'm trying to be very conscientious of price and cost. I do think the floor needs to be done. I think so, it's definitely going to be more cost effective to paint it. And fortunately, yeah. we have a color expert on here with us today. His name is James, and he is fantastic with color. He's Hi, James. Hey, Jim. How you doing? <laughs> doing well. Yeah, I'd love to know color because that's the hardest thing for me to figure out is what can I do to keep it, I guess, appealing to the modern market with a 90-year-old house? <laughs> I, I, the modern market is, is clearly mid-mod revival. Millennials have all the money and are buying all the houses. <laughs> and I sold my 1912 house in Denver when I left. And so many people weren't interested because they weren't interested in a historic house or they wanted one that was all sort of fresh and modern. I mean, I, you're right about the, uh, the rock. I mean, it feels very 70s. You could just go period and get an orange shag carpet and some avocado appliances to go <laughs> with it. You know, my feeling, my feeling about the stone and painting it, and clearly it's the cheapest thing to do, but it's, it's that desirable as far as like people relating to it because you can paint it, but it still looks like an old rock fireplace. If you're tearing out the, the, uh, the, the stuff on the fireplace, the horizontal stuff and the floor, you're going to have a mess on your hands. And, and as long as your house is full of dust and mess and everything, you must well just toss that rock. Just get rid of it too. And I mean, I'm all over it with Alex's suggestion. I think if you come in and, and take that out of there, drywall it, um, maybe take those horizontal things, repeat the thing from the kitchen. I loved her idea about the little about gray glass tiles on the back of it to kind of bring it down and make it smaller. If I do that, then what am I doing color-wise? What am I going to go with on, on that? Seemingly, you're going to want to go to something that's fairly light. You know, it's Phoenix. And uh, I wouldn't advise white. <laughs> but, Tell them your philosophy. <laughs> Tell them the oath. <laughs> James has a philosophy that you're not allowed to use white if you work with them. You can't use white. No, it's not so. <laughs> what about if you're with me? I do what you want, but but uh, no, I I try to encourage people to never use white again. <laughs> I like the agreeable gray with that because it is the brown base. It can help tie things in. You had a lot of brown there. You had um, you know the black mantle, whether it be black or white. James, what do you think about, <laughs> let's get your take on our agreeable gray. Yeah, I, got it, I think of it as kind of millennial gray, you know, is, is that it's really popular. It's that whole palette from the, the mid-century modern revival. As long as you keep it warm, you know, I think it, it's, it's an excellent way to go. We've given you a lot to think about, haven't we? No, I just need like three strong guys to help me jack all this stuff out there. <laughs> well, we've got three strong girls that can help you. Yeah, that anybody, anybody else. My 16-year-old kid does not want to help me at all. Oh, <laughs> no, that doesn't happen anymore. With no, no. Well, Jim, we definitely want to hear back from you uh, yeah. once you have completed this project. I'm really anxious to see what you decide to do and how it looks. So definitely follow back mm -hmm. up with us. Thank you very much. You guys have been a tremendous help. And I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to uh, help me out with this. Still ahead. James Martin offers some inside secrets on picking paints for the exterior. These are tips that surprise even Alex and Annie. But first, want to see that Phoenix fireplace? 
Just check out the Fixin' Vixens Facebook and Instagram pages. We'd love to hear what suggestions you might have for Jim, too. Maybe you've repainted a fireplace or torn it down instead. We want to hear your stories. So, James, in light of our conversation today, I brought one of my favorite utensils, which is a color fan that Sherwin-Williams gave me because I'm such a psycho about color. Well, here's the thing. A fan deck is really difficult to work from. The color that you are trying to look at is affected by the color on either side of it. What I've always suggested doing is take a piece of white paper, wrap that, sh that strip up, cut a little hole in it so you can see one color at a time. Oh. That way, that way you can see what that color looks like more clearly um, because it's very, very difficult to really see what that color is on a fan deck. And as a professional, what I would suggest, go to back to Sherman Williams, tell them you want an architectural color box. And it's a, it's a box that's a, probably a foot square and it, it has all these little um, booklets. And, and of every color that's in the fan deck is in one of these little booklets. And you can take them out. They snap open, you can take them out and you get uh, a, a color scheme that's about, oh, three by four. So you can take them out, you can take a little people masking thing on the back and you can put them on the wall and you can actually look at them. Then you can see it with the light. You can see how it's gonna look in that room. And as a professional, their architectural reps would be more than happy to give you all of that stuff to use. If you're doing exterior color, pick your colors outside in the open shade. And then you can kind of check them in the sun and see any overtones that might be in it. But you don't want to pick them in the sun because you'll be squinting. The other thing about exterior paint that's, that's very important, I think, is that always, you always want it to have a sheen. Now inside, they say, you always want a flat, you don't want a sheen because it shows the imperfections. Well, on the outside, it's the exact opposite. When you have a little bit of a sheen, what it does is the sun kind of glances off of it and you can't see the imperfection. If it's flat, you can see the shadowing. A flat paint actually has a tooth to it and the tooth holds the shadow. So it shows the imperfections more. Now the other things about sheen outside is number one, it's a tougher finish. It'll last, it'll hold up to the weather a lot more. Uh, number two, the colors are richer and deeper with a sheen. The colors are always richer. So I always tell people to use you need a, like a low sheen semi-gloss or at the minimum a satin. But your house won't look shiny. Everybody's afraid, you know, oh, your house will look shiny, but it doesn't. But it looks richer. It, it has a little glow to it. The colors have a depth. And, and the colors stand up to the weather and the heat, cold, and all that kind of stuff a lot better. So that's an important thing, I think, on the exterior. We always, always would do that. People would say, well, how come your house looks so fabulous and looks so rich? And the other thing about that flat finish is it holds the dirt because it has that little tooth and it'll hold the dirt. Well, it's been a joy having you. We've learned a lot. I know. It's what a fun start to our new season. <laughs> and I feel like we're going to have to contact you to make color decisions in the future. <laughs> I'm going to need Listen, approval. It's my personal pleasure to be here with you and, and get to know you. Do you have any more 
questions or anything, feel free to call me anytime. I love talking about color. Can't shut me up. We do too. And it shows. It shows. Maybe that's why we all connected and got to get along so well is because we're kind of crazy over color. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> well, thanks again. And uh, adios, amigos. <laughs> adios. Hasta luego. <laughs> that's it for this week. Next week, we get down and dirty when we have three amazing cleaning experts on the show. If you want to know how to sanitize your home like a pro or how to create natural soaps and wholesome cleaning products, then you don't want to miss the next Fixin' Vixens. Before you move on with your day, please subscribe, give us a five-star rating so we can reach more people, and a review would be great too. Oh, one more thing. Alex and Annie's advice is based on years of personal experience, but they recommend you hire a licensed contractor when the job calls for it. Till next time. The Fix and Vixens is brought to you by The Church of Pod, Louisville, Kentucky's most inviting and inspiring podcast studio, available for rental. Our hosts are Annie McMichael and Alex Bolton. Music provided by Louisville's very own Mama Said String Band. The video version of the show Edited by Jeff McMichael. Produced by Fixin' Vixens and Nyport Media. Special thanks to Elaine Appleton Grant and Podcast Allies. Executive produced and edited by me, Janice Jensen. 